This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolet. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm Sauce. And I'm Sandy. We're going to do another news and views because there is a lot to cover as we've been really busy in the background. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what, what's that that you've got there, Sandy? What is it? Oh, oh, don't mind me. I'm just eating some yummy sour worms. I've had uh, worms on my mind lately. I'm not sure why, but I think it has something to do with the content that I've been consuming lately. Are you talking about Tammy Jane? I am. <laughs> Sauce, when we started this podcast, did you ever think that we would be here talking about Tammy's bowel movements while eating? Ooh. <laughs> For any listeners, if it's your dinner time, pause this and come back later or skip forward a few minutes, especially you, Alt Media Watch, because I'm going to kick this episode off by telling you guys what's been going on over on Facebook land with newly ascended wellness guru, Tammy Jane. Take a look at this. That was inside of me. See this one here? It's actually doubled around. So it's curling around here and then coming back down. Imagine how long that would be. That's a serviette it's sitting on. And then we have this one here as well. These little suckers can create many, many problems. Far out, they overshare. <laughs> that was audio from a video posted by Tammy, which shows stringy, <laughs> worm-looking things on a napkin, which are apparently parasitic worms that she had pooped out while she was detoxing during her seven-day juice fast that was followed by a 10-day water fast that included daily enemas. <laughs> all the comments about the picture and then her followers started posting pictures of their worms. <laughs> it was truly disgusting, but I just couldn't look away and neither could people on Twitter who told me they went and had a look also. <laughs> all that measuring, discussion about the measuring, all that excruciating detail from Tammy and how excited she was. She really was so so excited. But I think what they are actually are is mucus intestinal <laughs> lining and not actually worms at all. But I, this can't isn't a... I can't believe we're talking about this, Sandy. <laughs> well, 
Well, this isn't a unique Tammy Jane thing, though, nor is it a new phenomena, but it is actually quite common in the wellness industry where they are obsessed with (laughs) detoxing. So that's why we're here now talking about it, Sauce. (laughs) The other weird thing is that it really seems like it's a real rite of passage. So everyone was like, well done, Tammy. (laughs) Followers were so proud of her. You know the worst thing about this? is knowing that she put her hand in the toilet bowl to get said intestinal worms. (laughs) I just don't get it. And all of this just to plug some MLM thing. (laughs) Yep. She's plugging water filters and he's putting together a program where, for a price, you too can fast, do daily enemas and pull stringy bits out of your bum. Sign me up. (laughs) Hey, Sauce, I got an idea. Perhaps we can sign up and do it as a challenge together. Would you show me your worms? (laughs) The funniest part was when she said that she was communicating telepathically with one of her dogs. I wonder what they spoke about. Oh, Tammy. Okay, so on to more civilised subjects, Sandy. Okay. (laughs) Let's discuss the response to the launch of the Royal Register that we spoke about last episode. It has been a minefield in the Telegram chat. They keep changing the name of the channel. One minute it's Royal Registry, next minute Crown Records, now it's back to Royal Registry. And it's full of people questioning the validity of what Spiros is up to. There's a lot of question marks around things now, mainly following a Zoom where people were asking questions that Spiros just didn't seem to be able to answer. His name will appear on the documents with a capital P and a capital H and lowercase everything else. If your name appears on a document in all capital letters, you're a corporation. That's it. Where, where did that come that's, from? Where, 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 that's the, that's the, the um, well, historically, that's a good question. Historically, well, don't bloody know. People are confused whether Spiros's registry is the same or different to the other one that people have been working on. He says it's the same, that they're all working together, but others say different. Yes, I was uh, on a Zoom call the other day where Spiros was talking. Mm-hmm. And part of the promotion to that Zoom call said that I was working in with Spiros in the Royal Registry for Cohen and the registration of land titles. Spiros was member of the committee uh, back in the early part of 2023 until he misbehaved and he was saying things on public forums that was just not true and outside of the capacity of what people had um, all about. So the committee called him up on that mm. and it was agreed in that committee that I was the public spokesperson 
It also sounds like he's not following protocol. See, it turns out you can't just open an office, fill it with fancy furniture, start whacking a seal on things and calling yourself the king's personal assistant. No, 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 no. You need to get 100 property titles on your ledger and then that needs to be signed off by the House of Lords before you can start using the seal. And there are some accusations that the winningest lawyer of all time, wait for it, Sandy, you're not going to believe it. Oh, God, here we go. He might be in it just for the money. (laughs) Maybe. I I don't believe it. No way. Nah, not the Spartan. I actually (laughs) found a bit more info on the seal too. It is owned by His Royal Highness, Prince Regent Geoffrey Ross Foley, and he is the Lord High Constable and Magistrate of Claw Hayden Castle. Turns out Jeff is the hereditary heir to not just the title of High Constable, but perhaps he is in fact the true king. What? <laughs> he's what, Sandy? Yes, his royal highness believes that he is in fact the heir to the throne and also seems to be healing the planet after he was contacted by our star brothers who downloaded healing skills to him from their star cruiser. Well, seems legit then. I mean, I'm not going to question our star brothers and sisters. Okay, Drag Expo. So hopefully everyone has watched Tom Tanaki's latest video, but we thought that we would expand just a little bit more. I want to talk about one of the speakers from the day. Not what she's saying, but the massive pick-me energy that she has been displaying since the day. Man, she is working this. (laughs) She's on Telegram, Rumble, YouTube. She's saying she's been shadow banned. She keeps (laughs) posting that she's stepping away from social media and next minute there's a new video. Now she's even put a call out to Donald Trump to help her fight the cabal. Wait, what? As you've seen, I know it's quite controversial. Yes, I have put a call out to Donald Trump. Um, In the first time in my life, I feel like I have some safety. It's on and off because... um, you know, I've seen, I've been writing to his um, people that are affiliated, um, asking, you know, because it's very hard to get in touch with someone like that. So that's the one that just happened to be there on the day that asked Beck if she could speak totally unprepared, yet now believes that Donald Trump is sending her coded messages and is talking about surviving attempts on her life. Wow. Quite, quite the story. Whoa, quite the speaker. Look, I think what annoys me the most about this rally is just how disingenuous it was. It was a year's worth of planning just so Randall could have another go at drag queens, which, gosh, he is fixated on this. Mm. They are justifying it by saying it is all about the children, but it's not about children. Like, I truly believe it's just a farce. Like, children are not making their way to the drag expo unaccompanied. They are there with their parents. And if their parents see fit to do that, well, that's their choice. And I'm sure those parents are more than capable of working out what's appropriate inside it as well. 
So Randall says, how dare the expo organisers advertise it as a family-friendly event? Well, I have yet to hear of any parents who took their kid to it who were shocked or complaining about it. Mm. So Beck finds out a booth there sells vagina and penis-shaped waffles. Did you see that? Yes, I clutched my perils in horror, Sandy. <laughs> oh, look, the sin of In it the all. year of our Lord, 2023, <laughs> if this is what society has become, then... <laughs> God help us. Mm. But do you think the parents who took their kids are buying those shaped waffles for their kids? Probably not. And even if they are, who cares? It's a waffle. (laughs) That's true. Look, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But how dare they even have that booth at a family-friendly expo, right? Hmm. So I have taken my kids to the local shopping centre and they love Smiggle. I don't know if you know Smiggle. I do. I do. I, do. Love, I also love Smiggle. <laughs> it's actually really cute. But it Smiggle is. sell, yeah, they sell kids stationery at like exorbitant prices, totally overpriced. But that's for another topic. There's a playground in this shopping centre, food court, Kmart, Target and Big W and even kids toy stores. So the shopping centre is family friendly, right? Lots of kids around. I see heaps of families in the shopping centres. But about four stores down from Smiggle, is Honey Burdette, a store that sells whips, lingerie, lube and sex toys. Is Randall, you know, protector of all our children, organising his protests out the front of that store for being within a family-friendly area? No, because there are no dangerous drag queens working in that store, right? Well, I mean, the imagery that they put on the windows facing out of like super hot women wearing super hot lingerie like what about all the poor kids that are walking by and having to look at that and why are their parents letting them walk past honey birdie and luke like surely children are wearing blindfolds when they walk past that shop oh look sauce it's because you're allowed to look at a what what do they call it adult woman in lingerie that's fine (laughs) (laughs) hypocrites Nothing went on inside that expo that was without parental guidance. Plus, it's not about whether the drag queens are being lewd in front of children. See, that's just another contradiction in their argument, whereby last year Randall took offence at the performance who was shaking their bums and fake boobs on stage. Oh, gosh, the horror in front of the children. Mm. Look, take Eltham, for example, where they took offence at drag queen Frock Hudson, who was fully covered and did nothing lewd or inappropriate in front of the children at all. Just read a book about being different and catered to rainbow families. Instead, they poked fun at what Dean, who is the performer for Frock Hudson, does during adult shows where there were no children at all and certainly didn't do that on that day. Like Dean does not understand Mm. when to be appropriate around kids. They just hate drag queens and they hate them being around kids full stop. They hate them when they are appropriate around kids and they hate them when vagina-shaped waffles are sold around them. Any argument they make about the behaviour of drag queens is kind of mute. They just don't want them to exist. And the save the children thing is a self-righteous farce imported from America because, let's face it, sauce. This protest group has no original ideas whatsoever and never has had an original idea in the past either. Nope. So at the expo, all I saw that day was a bunch of people who fell down the rabbit hole and can't get back up. People whose own lives leave questions about the validity of whether they deserve to have an opinion about anything involving kids at all. And look, let me tell you, 
there are children out there who are enduring an absent parent right now, who have unhealthy relationships with their parent because their parent is hitting rock bottom, screaming at a lot of people and buildings, and then having the audacity to claim they are destroying these children's lives for them. (laughs) I'm sure all those kids want is for their parents to kind of get their shit together. And look, I'm not, I'm not, singling out anybody, there's a good solid handful of them within the whole movement who speak the loudest about kids, who live disordered lives that impact kids, who are left behind in the wake of it. We first brought it up uh, on our anti-vax episode about Mike, who publicly talks about his role as a father Mm. being absolutely impacted by his activism. Mm -hmm. That kid does not have a father anymore and he was involved beautifully with his son before all of this. They had a beautiful relationship. I find it really sad. And like Mm. even Monica speaks about having no kids being the reason why she can go out and be a full-time activist. So for me, I worry for their kids and I hope they are doing okay. I'm not really worried about the kids who attended the expo that day with their loving parents. I'm also concerned about trans Mm. and queer youth who reported in a recent study that 65% of them endure unsupportive families. I think, Sauce, I think this is what breaks my heart the most. Like Mm. parents, you are the most important thing in in your child's life. And if a child comes out to you as gay or trans or questioning things, well, it kind of becomes your journey too embrace them, understand them, find resources out there and there are resources out there and go along the journey with them with love and understanding. I promise you won't regret it. Your bond will be so strong because if they can trust you with this, they can trust you with anything. Mm -hmm. But other concerns that came out in this study were that risk factors that impacted the mental health of trans youth were peer rejection, bullying, discrimination, and lack of family support. And these rallies, well, these rallies targeting queer events fuel the moral panic that drives hate towards people within the community, with recent reports that this community are experiencing an increase in vilification in their daily lives since all of this started. So to the freedom movement who often preach, do no harm to others, like, what a bunch of hypocrites. Hear, hear, Sandy. Just hear, hear on all of that. All the stuff that they go on with, that they don't hate the queer community and they all pipe up with, I've got gay friends, while holding up signs that are awful and calling people just debasing hideous names. And then the comment section on their social media posts. It's hate speech, full stop. The end, it's hate speech. It's not free speech. It's hate speech. And stop trying to pretend that it isn't and stop trying to pretend that you don't have a problem with the community. You do. You just do. And you're not helping kids. No, you're making life harder. I think we said that when the Rainbow Ball was cancelled in country Victoria. Right, exactly. Can we just all imagine being a young person going through a difficult time? They need support, help, care. 
And that's why people are coming out now and saying, no more, we're done. We're sick of this. Stop, yeah. stop it. Yeah. Um, and look, it always it always feels like we take a little bit of a downturn um, when we talk about this. So we just kind of wanted to get that off our chest a little bit mm. and have a talk about it. Mm. But, and, and I know it's depressing, we're going to get back to some funny shit coming up here. But I actually think that the highlight of the day that was for both of us, wasn't it? Yeah. Was watching Sam T drag walk into the expo from the front, mind you. She's not hiding from anybody. Mm-mm. She was all dolled up looking gorgeous. Mm. And she stood out there and thanked everybody who was there defending the expo. Stunning, by the way. Ab- absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and good on for her. And and yeah. for those who may not recall, Sam was the target of extreme bullying mm. and threats for being hired to run the Drag Queen Story Hour back at the Oakley Library. Mm. I think that was like months ago. Yeah. So hats off to her, absolutely. And there were also other various drag performers who came out to have a look. There is something to be said about while they face vilification from these people, they're not being intimidated. Mm-mm. And the community that came out and defended their right to exist defended them well. And it's safe to say, hey, Sos, as we talked about on Tom's video. Yep, epic fail. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> fail. <laughs> it was lovely to see. So we'll pop a link to Tom's video because you've got to go and see mm. uh, what, what we talked about over there about how great it failed. So, Sauce, you had an expedition in the city last week. I haven't stayed on top of all that went on. So tell me and our listeners how all of that went. Mm. So I was around the city on Friday. So I thought I would take a walk to the Department of Education to listen to their rally and basically just to save some kids. Woohoo! Did you save any kids? Well, I had an hour to spare. (laughs) So I thought, hmm, pretty sure I'll be able to save a heap of them in an hour. Before I had sure. to get back to work, so off I went. Uh, protest was being led by Craig Cole. So oh basically it was a meeting of the Victorian Australian One contingent, flags, banners, branded polo shirts, flyers. Interestingly, yes, and Sandy, you are not going to believe it. Remember Beric? Yes. Remember that lady that handed us the flyers and then literally 10 minutes later handed us the same flyers and gave us the same spiel. Guess oh, who, the have pedoph- a guess who handed me the flyers at the Department of Education. The pedophile lady. <laughs> yes, and right. she warned me again not to watch the Rumble videos on my own, to watch them with a friend because they're very disturbing. Same oh, woman. God. Same woman. Okay. So now I've got even more of their flyers. Oh, no. Look, there was a small group of counter-protesters there, by the way, making a noise and really (laughs) making it hard for Craig to do his speech and very triggered. He did not like it at all. They don't like it. Nope, they do not like it. So he said all the normal stuff, woke agenda, safe schools, even managed to say that NAPLAN results were bad because kids weren't doing their reading and writing anymore because the teachers just wanted to indoctrinate them to socialism. <laughs> Bloody socialist teachers. 
Oh, my daughter did great on oh. that plan, by the yeah. way. <laughs> well, obviously, she doesn't have a teacher who's a socialist. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good and for then her. An, ex, an ex-teacher got on stage. That was her in the clip, oh. telling yes. people to mind their manners. Um, <laughs> she actually referred to herself as an educational heavyweight. Oh, God, what is but, that? I don't know, but why do they always have to pump up their own tires so much when they speak? Like, why couldn't you just say, I'm an ex-teacher? No, 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 no. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about, guys. So she prattled on about tyranny and all the normal garbage. So Sometimes I wonder whether some of them just have an axe to grind with people. Like, maybe she didn't get a promotion that she thought she should have got in the school. And so that was the Department of Education's fault probably i don't know know. so there was a lot of talk about taking your kids out of the system that homeschooling is the way to go and all i love a homeschool and all i thought was these poor kids getting taken out of the system based on their parents fear of their kids being woke and then having to be educated at home i mean what are they doing reading the bible from (laughs) dawn till dusk well, it used to be they were pulling their kids out of um, school because they were worried oh. they were going to be vaccinated at well, school. Well, the poor kids can't watch any Disney because <laughs> no. Disney's woke. They can't watch Bluey because I'm sure they cancelled Bluey a few months ago. Yeah, poor I kids. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. They're screwed. Oh, God. So they were there, for about, kids, an, uh, they were there for about an hour and a half, but then right at the end, a bedraggled and confused Mark Mack came around the corner dragging a tiny speaker on a trolley, which was also funny because Australia one's got all the good gear. Yeah. Uh, So it wasn't wasn't a big, wasn't a mat. No, no, no. It wasn't like, wasn't the barbecue that gets dragged around by the splitters every week. It was literally a tiny little speaker on one of them trolleys that was like Oki strapped onto it. Oh, well, if it's Mark Mack, it's fitting, I'm sure. I mean, he was so late. Like, if you're going to be that late to a party, don't come. It's just rude. (laughs) He gives no shits. He doesn't really care. He's just bored. Unfortunately, Mark Mack was back on the streets on Saturday, walking the half of the city that Team Trump have been allocated, because I'm not sure if you know that, Sandy, but the CBD's been split in two now. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Splitters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Team Trump have territories. They have the loop that does the market back around past the library and then back up to Parliament. And the split, the splitters have Flinders Street round the back to the Red Steps and back up to Treasury. So yeah. So after walking (laughs) around their half of the city. On Saturday, the Trumpsters arrived at State Library, only to find it occupied by a pretty sizable group countering the hateful messages that these guys and the splitters spew each and every Saturday. Wow. Yeah. So, so they had counter-protesters there again, did they? They had counter-protesters there wow. and a lot of counter-protesters there. Wow, okay. So yeah, what were the numbers of people there. like? I know we always hate trying to figure out Look, numbers. it's very difficult. I estimate Team Trump every week sits at about 20 people, give or right. take. Um, but I would say that in the counter group, there would have been 
30 to 40 people. Oh, okay, so almost doubled. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was it yeah. was pretty big. All right. So there was a few words um, as the counter protesters <laughs> again literally stepped into their space. <laughs> and again, it was not well received. There was a no. little bit of an altercation. Uh, the cops arrived. A poor bystander got done. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, got done with a pepper spray. Well, because the guy, one of the Trumpers, went to punch him in the head yeah. on the side of the bus. Like, what if yeah, he was just there? It was just a guy. <laughs> just this a bystander. Guy, he's been punched yeah. in the head. He's been pepper sprayed by the police officer, yeah. and he's carrying a little Coles bag. I know. And God place the tram driver because the tram driver actually was the one who sorted him out in the end and kind of. Could you some stuff imagine? In eyes, but, You've oh. just gone down to the shop to get your bread for your toast yeah. the next morning. I know. <laughs> Comes home yeah, and his yeah. partner's oh, like, geez, you, you, took, <laughs> you took your time. I thought you were just going to Coles. Can you imagine? <laughs> He'd be telling his partner the story and his partner's like, bullshit, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, I, look, oh, gee, I hope he's all right if anybody yeah. knows. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that happened was – there was a couple of photojournalists down there. Okay. And one of the photojournalists, one of the, the protesters, like, ran, like, side onto him. So he certainly wouldn't have seen it coming and, like, literally tried to grab the camera from, the like, a gar- around this guy's neck and, and so smash it off. So when you say protesters, was that one of the Trumper protesters? One of the Trumpers, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, and then the same guy then used oh, his yeah. bike to, like – Almost smash it into another one of the the photographers down there. Oh wow! But you know, their telling off it's a little bit different than that. Their telling is they did nothing and they were spat on. Right. Okay. That's, that that's not what I saw with these tiny with these tiny little eyes that are in my head. That's not what I saw. And yet, the counter protests were wearing masks. So how were they spitting Correct. on anybody? So the cops sorted it out. Mark Mack sang. His stupid oh, cover songs that he does. Just don't let him just around. Just go away, mate. People. Just go back to country Victoria. So in the end, Team Trump kind of bedraggled and straggled themselves back to the Holy Grail of the steps of Parliament. But then lo and behold, the remnants of the other walking club arrived. Oh, God. Okay. So <laughs> about 10 of them, Kay. So now with- we've got. So now probably the counter protests and the Trumpers, uh, it's, it's like even and even numbers. No, no the well, Trumpers, Trumpers have gone. gone. Oh, Trumpers, so they've gone. They've gone. And so they're still outnumbered by the counter protests. <laughs> now it. they're even more outnumbered because there was only yes. like 10 of them that came back. So they stood around for a while and got yelled at. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's all that happened. They held up some signs and they got yelled at. And then they also straggled away. So. Look, they're upset. They're they're pretty cross that yeah. that other people are protesting. I mean, these people have literally had the run of Melbourne every single Saturday for two years, who have said what they want about whoever they want, whenever they want, and they've never had any pushback at all from anyone. Well, like yeah, they they'll have the occasional heckle. Like they get heckled, get heckled all the time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, not not like this. <laughs> no, no. So this is very new experience for them. You know, like I, you know, they do think the army should be engaged. <laughs> oh, 
to come and protect them. That was guru. <laughs> it's pretty bad. All right, well, that's what we're up against, guys. So I, I suppose mm-hmm. the uh, object of the exercise here, Mark, is the army needs to come out and support you guys. Oh, my God, there's a whole bunch of woke lefties in masks and we better get the army to help us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad for the libertarian free speech people to actually what they really mean is we're not actually about free speech. We're about what we want to say and we don't really want any of you to say anything back. But, you know, one thing that I think is they probably might want to get used to people being in their spaces. Yeah. Because those mean streets in Melbourne, they're starting to bite back. And long may it continue. more about the World Passport, go to the World Service Authority or the World Government website and you can literally just buy a passport from their site. You can put in whatever name you want, details, and they can send it out to you. Though I recommend going to their YouTube channel first, uh, learning about Gary Davis, as Gary Davis was the one who set up the World Government. And really, it's just a concept because these people don't believe in passports or governments, really. It's just that that's the madness of today's world. So I recommend watching their documentary. I think it's called The World is My Country. And it's a very good uh, mental state to have as well. Check it all. Oh, and no, I haven't tested it internationally yet. That was only a domestic flight, so international will be up next. And does it work? Well, it has been working for people for at least 70 years, but it depends on the country and depends on how you make it work. So I'm just going to add about the World Passport. It's been known to be accepted in countries for over 70 years, but it's been known to be not accepted everywhere. So that's something something to keep in mind. So if it doesn't work for whatever reason, just pull out, well, what I'm going to do is just pull out my Australian passport. So if it doesn't get accepted, just get the Australian one and say, okay, here, you can use this as it's a national ID, which that country will then recognize. And can you also please stamp the world passport one, which they're more likely going to do. And the more stamps it's going to have, the more legitimate it's going to seem, and the less likely you're going to be questioned in the future. Peeper, what have you got yourself into now? So our favourite crypto gym bro turned free man on the land, James the Traveller, is now a citizen of the world. Oh God, you got to love him. He's <sighs> a I've posted a bit of stuff about Peeper on my Twitter. Peeper getting pulled over by the cops and arguing about travelling or driving. Peeper <laughs> in court trying to flip the switch and arrest the cops who arrested him. (laughs) And we all love his arrest video from the protest years and his radical solutions like banging pots and pans. (laughs) Well, now he's international, baby. Wow. (laughs) He got himself a Gary Davis world passport and is currently overseas using it wherever he can. And posting the clip we just played you about how he apparently managed to use it domestically. Right. So you can use the world passport to get around. But if you come across a country that won't let you use it, don't worry. You can use your actual passport instead. So I'm struggling to see (laughs) what the point of it is. 
when I can just use my passport. Ah, but your passport's in the name of your straw man, Sandy. Have I taught you nothing? (laughs) And I, for one, will not travel internationally with my government name. Oh, God, no. James doesn't want to travel with Peeper Bartolo on his passport. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, no way. He wants to travel under the name James the Traveler. He's done with a straw man. Be free with D is plugging James and this passport. And anytime D plugs anything, you know it's going to be a scam, but this one has some history to it. So let's explain. According to the website, which is worldcitizengov.org, go take a look. It's actually fascinating, but remember, it's fake and Gary is deceased. So God knows who is currently taking care of the whole thing now. So the founder of World Citizen Government, Gary Davis was a Broadway star and US bomber pilot during the Second World War who became disillusioned by the war and renounced his US allegiance and citizenship and declared himself the first citizen of the world. He caused a public stir by gatecrashing and making a declaration during a General Assembly of the United Nations in France in 1948. He called this the Oran Declaration and this is what he said. Mr. Chairman and Delegates, I interrupt you in the name of the people of the world not represented here. Though my words may be unheeded, our common need for world law and order can no longer be disregarded. We, the people, want the peace which only a world government can give. The sovereign states you represent divide us and lead us to the abyss of total war. I call upon you no longer to deceive us by this illusion of political authority. I call upon you to convene forthwith a world constituent assembly to raise the standard around which all men can gather, the standard of true peace of one government for one world. And if you fail us in this, stand aside for a people's world assembly will arise from our ranks to create such a government. We can be served by nothing less. Um, yeah, he was promptly kicked out of that meeting, by the way. Um, so how's that sounding so far, Sos? Uh, one world government? Hmm, it sounds a little bit one government-y, doesn't it? <laughs> just, just a tiny bit. <laughs> So in 1949, Gary launched the International Registry of World Citizens. Over 750,000 individuals in 150 countries registered. In 1953, he made another declaration called the Ellsworth Declaration, which was too bloody long (laughs) to bother (laughs) reading. But this declaration launched his world government of world citizens, with this idea being applauded by the likes of Albert Einstein. In 1954, he founded the World Service Authority and used this to issue passports, birth certificates and ID documents for people who wanted one. Fast forward almost 80 years and we have James the Traveller using one for his travels. (laughs) At one point, Gary Davis even issued Julian Assange and Anthony (laughs) Snowden with world passports, but... I don't know. Did that work out? Mm, Not sure. But my favourite part looking into this was on his Wikipedia page that states, at the 1992 Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro, 
Davis issued and dispersed a world currency based (laughs) on kilowatt hours of solar power produced, an idea proposed by Buckminster Fuller. I don't know who that is. These kilowatt dollars were the earliest documented emissions reduction currency. Sauce, I don't think this is what James and his ilk think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is either. So we've got a world, a one world government with citizens receiving currency according to their energy consumption. Is that getting close to a social credit system? <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> Can we just revisit Peeper's proud announcement of his travels? Just let's remind everyone. He used a passport for an internal flight. <laughs> so he's so proud I, of himself. I, I don't know, but the last time I flew like to Sydney, I didn't need a passport. No. <laughs> so he hasn't used it internationally at all. Peepar, you really are a silly bugger. <laughs> If you were wondering, that was Maria Z. And what's she up to, you ask? Well, in case you've only recently stumbled across our podcast and missed the episode we did on Maria's trajectory to the United States, you can review that episode number three, which we did back in the early days. And now here she is in Mm. the US at a Reawaken America rally with the one and only Mike Flint. I think we called Mm. it Los We knew where she had her eyes set all the way back then, and it's safe to say, by golly gosh, she's done it. She has. We said all the way back then, the minute that she got that Stu Peters link, that would open things up, and boy, has it ever. So at this rally, Maria Z actually does a speech. So let's just set a bit of a scene for that. On the stage, there is a giant picture on the left of Donald Trump, Don Jr. and Eric standing under what appears to be a lightning storm and the US flag. On the other side of the state stage is a giant picture of General Flynn and a soaring eagle. Mm, he's in his uniform too, of course. Oh, he's like a Bosey. Yeah. Bosey would love to be General Flynn. Oh, yeah. So General Flynn wanders on and off the stage to pray and remind everyone that there is a donation fund available. Alex Jones, Mike Lindell and Roseanne Barr all appeared during the two-day event. 
I'm just reflecting on that episode, Sandy, and the numbers all the way back then told us that she was always going to be more successful than the likes of Monica. Yeah. So Reignite Democracy Australia's numbers started to decline quite quickly on Telegram, not just in subscribers, but also engagement. So she was still posting a lot, but she wasn't getting any engagement at all. But at the same time, Maria's numbers were really climbing. Yes. Like they were really climbing. They <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah. Very different trajectory to Mon Mon. Yeah, yeah. And and I think we, we even spoke about that in that mm. episode as well. I, and I also noticed Alt Media Watch also was had noticed that trend mm. happening as well. So we kind of all knew where she was heading. Mm. And despite her claims of being apparently censored and her many social media accounts being deplatformed for all the misinformation she was publishing on them, she did pretty well at maintaining her audience who followed her through many different accounts back at the start, which normally doesn't happen. Like normally as they jump from account to account, they lose some people all the way. Not Maria. But Maria really got a foothold into the American scene pretty quick. And now with the pandemic declared kind of essentially over, like Mm. with the restrictions, well, I know that it's not technically over, but, you know, the restrictions and all that. I've also noticed that the platforms are quite not so willing to remove accounts like hers. So with her newly found fame on Stu Peters and the Alex Jones show, her numbers have greatly improved to now include an American audience. So, Sauce, this is a little bit disturbing. Mm. Her Instagram went from 37,000 people at the beginning of just this year to 90,000 people now, currently. Mm. That's more than 200% in less than a year. I hate to say it, but her shtick works and people love the crap she publishes. Mm. Look, I do think that she very much now has an international audience. Yes. I think that she definitely would have picked up a lot of followers over the whole Russia-Ukraine war because she pumped that. (laughs) She pumped that pretty hard about all the bio labs and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So she would have gotten a lot there. and, And the more that she panders to, you know, the Patriot networks, then, then the more followers that she's she's gonna get that's that's for sure and look even people within the movement will say that sometimes maria gets it wrong and maybe a little too far-fetched for even their liking or that she does fear monger she does yep which she does but she does it because it works for her she gets to say outlandish things she stirs up fear and controversy to get the followers and then she plugs endless products to them yeah, absolutely Such, oh, her vitamins and prepping packs which is really the blueprint for Stu Peters and Alex Jones I mean if you've yeah. ever visit their websites or watch their shows that's all it is it's oh, just endless. endless ads endless. and those advertisement is so targeted they know oh, their yeah. audience it's yep. guns it's vitamins yeah, correct all this stuff yeah So if you whip up the frenzy and the fear for attention and followers and then offer them products, that can help ease their anxieties. It sure is a way to get money in the social media age. Mm. And I think we were saying, Sandy, that 
Maria Z's setup cost is zero. Mm. It's Maria sitting in her spare room That's with right. a laptop and some IKEA furniture and a little light box that says Z Media. Yeah. yeah. That's it. She never leaves the house. <laughs> and she doesn't yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't barely even attends rallies. No. I don't think I've ever seen her at a rally. Uh, I think I saw her at one that I know of for sure. I think she might have been to the ones up in Sydney maybe just a handful mm. of times, but not very often. And she does all her interviews all online, yeah. all through lives yeah. and Zooms and stuff like that. Yeah. And just pumps out content daily, lots and lots of content. I'm sure she's mm. got a team of people around her as well. Yeah, yeah, she must have. But what we do know about pumping out, you know, the the, the fear mongering is that it does have detrimental effects on society as a whole. And we know Australia loves to import American politics, and this does bridge the American and Australian politics together. And we know that American politics at the moment is a genuine shit show. It sure is. (laughs) So you've got Trump looking like a shoo-in for the Republican nomination despite the endless indictments. Oh, God. The recent Republican debate was an absolute shit show. Just a bunch of people making more and more outrageous statements than the person standing next to them. And then on the other side, you've got Sleepy Joe (laughs) as the alternate. So America also is really dealing with this resurgence in Christianity in the Republican Party, this notion of being in a spiritual war. And we do see early signs of that here in Australia. Zippy and Alec Antic are always going on about, you know, God and, you know, how we need to bring God back into schools. And then in Victoria, we spoke about last episode, you know, you've got Renee Heath. And, you know, there's quite a few religious right members in the Victorian Liberal Party. So, like, it is here too, this Christianity thing. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm. I don't like this at all. Um, So Maria went on to do a half-hour speech at this rally where she spoke about how she was censored, deplatformed and debanked because she was speaking the truth, selling her crusader image to the audience and then going on to demonstrate how she connects the dots to totalitarianism in the 2040s. Yes. 2040s? Yes. Forget Agenda 20 or 30. Goalposts have moved to Agenda 40. (laughs) (sighs) So... Basically, she's just leaving us with a choice between becoming cyborgs or turning to Jesus. Two choices I am not too excited about, to be honest. Oh, I'm going to be a cyborg. No, no choice. Oh. <laughs> That's an easy pick. Cyborg, thanks. The future that the globalists paint for us is a never-ending cycle of pandemics, digital currency, social credit scores, smart cities, districts where you're not allowed to leave, a future where human beings are so miserable in their own lives that they will seek to go to the metaverse and be an AI citizen rather than, I'm glad to hear that, rather than real people. They are trying to wipe out our humanity, but guess what? Our humanity is God-given. We were not made by machines. We were made by the creator of this universe. And so my call to action today, and as I said, all of this will be available on Z Media. I will post all of the links 
I'll post the presentation after the event tonight so that people can read it and all the links on zmedia.com along with this speech. We have to take this seriously. We have two futures ahead of us. We have the future where we are being transformed into cyborgs controlled by AI and Luciferians, or we have the future where we take back your, your country and the whole world for Jesus the right way and we stand for righteousness. And I see this sea of people in front of me who will not stand for this. You stand for humanity. You stand for your country. You stand for your constitution. Don't ever, ever let that go. Don't ever let that go and tell people everywhere. We must exit the World Health Organization. We must exit the United Nations. And while we still have government, we must support those who stand for the right things. I cannot believe what they are doing to your president right now, but America, please, please, the whole world is looking to you because freedom will come from this land. God bless you and thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I didn't enjoy the worms. <laughs> no more worms. Oh, gosh. Tammy. Oh, but it's funny. Tammy, please start eating. I do not want to see any more worms. Thank Just you very much. much. <laughs> we mentioned last episode that we have some deeper dives in the works. Yes, they're still in the works. But hopefully we can get them in your ears soon. And we are working on setting up a Patreon. So look out for that. As usual, if you have any thoughts or feedback, shoot us a tweet or a DM, provided you haven't run out of your allocated DMs. Oh, God, thanks, Elon. You will find us at Sauce149 and Sunny Sandy with an L. That's Sandy with two E's. We will leave you with some more words from Maria's speech. You can Google up the whole thing if you're so inclined to do so. But make sure you have some scotch or maybe some Xanax beforehand and you may end up inclined to purchase some prepping solutions. But don't worry, we're not at the Kool-Aid drinking point just yet and you're not actually going to need those supplies. Oh, and Maria, the title is very fitting. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, our next our next speaker traveled all the way from Australia to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, she flew from Australia to be here. Her name is Maria Z. She's the founder of Z Media, which is an uncensored media platform in Australia. How many of you, by show of hands, do not know about the Maria Z Show? Oh, go to Rumble right now, subscribe to the Maria Z Show. It is unbelievable. She breaks down the news, but from a biblical a worldview, a biblical perspective. She's big into facts. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Australia, it's Maria Z. One more time, Maria Z, everybody! Yes! Thank you very much.
Thank you so much for a warm reception. It is so wonderful to be here with you all. I have learned that Americans are beautiful, welcoming people, which is what I knew anyway. Thank you all. And of course, thank you to Clay and all of the organizers of this event. This is so, so crucial right now for humanity, for us all to unite. And so I'm so grateful that they put these events on because we need to hear the truth. We are being so censored right now. For those of you who may not be familiar with my work, I'm the most viewed, truly independent journalist coming out of Australia. I'm also the most banned. I've been banned on Twitter, now X, twice. Still don't have my former account reinstated. Banned by PayPal twice. Third Instagram account. Banned on LinkedIn. And banned by my bank. That's right. Uh, if we can bring that slide up right now. The next slide. The World Economic Forum Associated ING Bank debanked me in February of this year in timing that coincided with a report called Under Investigation. It's an offshoot of the Australian 60 Minutes. We all know what 60 Minutes is here, don't we? Yeah. They implied that I may be a domestic terrorist that's radicalising the Australian people because I dare to tell them the truth. I'm the first Australian in the history since this COVID scam that has been accused of such a horrendous thing. Do I look like a domestic terrorist to you? No. <laughs> so what's the footage that they decided to use in this report to tell Australians what a terrorist I am? If we can go to the next slide, please. They used my report from the Stu Peters show, who, by the way, has done an amazing job in exposing what has happened to our country in Australia. <laughs> Stu Peters and the network have done a phenomenal job because they understand that what happened to us in Australia was an experiment for the whole world and it will come to the United States if the United States of America does not stand up. They used this report in which I used information taken directly on the next slide, please, from defence.gov.au about how our military was conducting exercises to deal with unruly protesters. That's right, not training to deal with external adversaries but to deal with internal people. Something that, you know, some people might say is common now. The, the military often conduct these exercises. I would say that that only started happening after 9-11, along with the other laws that they brought in after that to turn the government against their own citizens. So you can see in the following slide that they had a scenario of aggressive protesters designed to push the soldiers' endurance. If we go to the next slide, uh, I've also attracted the attention of the Associated Press, Australian Associated Press, who have some team members listed on the World Economic Forum's website and have engaged in what seems to be a targeted campaign against me in an attempt to uh, discredit my work and they have failed miserably. But the reason I'm telling you about this is because their most recent hit piece also attracted the United Nations attention, which is very important for you to understand. Their response has been included in yet another hit piece against me, where they falsely claim that I'm a prominent Australian <laughs> misinformation spreader. So that's quite the title, isn't it? <laughs> 